breaking news from KXAN News. That breaking news is from overnight, and the search continues this morning for the suspect involved in a shooting with the Travis County deputy. According to the Austin Police Department, this deputy opened fire on a suspect just after midnight. We do have a live look out at the scene right now. You can see first responders still there on scene. Uh, this was just off the I-35 South Frontage Road near the Capitol Chevrolet, a large police presence still out there. This is what that situation looked like earlier this morning. Still unclear what led up to the shooting. Travis County Sheriff's Office confirming its deputy is involved and that they are not hurt. That deputy may have been off duty at the time. APD says the suspect drove away from the scene. It's unclear if the deputy's gunfire hit them, but this is a continuing story that we will see develop right here on KXAN News today, and we'll have the latest for you on that. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Tuesday morning. We are nice and quiet. We don't have anything in the way of rain on radar. Had a few problem storms out in the northwest late last night, but at this moment, it's just a little bit of some cloud cover, and that's about it. We could see some of those clouds in that waning crescent moon here on our Whittlesea Landscapes Plies weather camera there in Granite Shoals. Your temperature is very warm. In fact, some spots even warmer than where we were yesterday. Currently sitting at 80 here in Austin, 79 in Georgetown, 76 in Giddings, you'll find those temperatures in the mid to upper 70s at across the hill country. So we're starting off warm, and you know we'll finish warm. We've got temperatures in the 90s by lunchtime. Forecast highs will get close to 100 today, but the heat index here feels like temperatures easily over 100. And it's that bad combination of heat and humidity that has a heat advisory in place for us later today. So what are we talking about in your first warning forecast? Well, there's probably going to be a few more storms later this afternoon. I'm going to show you where those are most likely and where we could see some strong to severe storms and the heat getting worse and worse. We'll talk about the temperatures and when we could potentially break some records with those afternoon highs. It's all coming up here in just a few minutes. Thank you, Kristen. Former President Donald Trump will face charges today in a Miami courtroom. It is the second criminal court hearing for him in a little more than two months. A uh, federal grand jury indicted him on 37 counts. Those charges are related to classified documents discovered at his Mar-a-Lago estate after he was out of office. Trump says he's the victim of political persecution. Some lawmakers, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, calling out the former president for how he handled these classified documents. As I've said before, no one is above the law, including Donald Trump. This case must be allowed to play out through the legal process without outside political or ideological interference. I encourage both supporters and critics of Donald Trump to maintain the peace and let the justice system do its work. The ridiculous and baseless indictment of me by the Biden administration's weaponized Department of Injustice will go down as among the most horrific abuses of power in the history of our country. President Joe Biden has said he will not comment on the case. He's also not speaking with the attorney general about it either. Well, a person is fighting for their life after a man stabbed them in West Campus. Austin police say the stabbing happened on West 22nd and a half Street. It was just before noon yesterday. Officers arrested Brian Baca. He's charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. One man says the victim is his friend and that he saw the whole thing. We were sitting there watching the game, and the guy came back 
behind him and pulled him down and started stabbing him. There was blood everywhere. In a social media post, the University of Texas Police Department says neither the suspect nor the victim are UT affiliated and that there's no threat to the campus. Getting a closer look here, the high-profile murder of a UT student led to a significant safety improvement at UT and West Campus. A man killed freshman Haruka Weiser in 2016. That attack happening while she was walking back to her dorm. Police found her body in a creek on campus, and after her death, UT commissioned a safety assessment from the Department of Public Safety, called for more university police officers, surveillance, better control, of access to campus buildings, as well as better lighting in many areas, including West Campus. Just last fall, Austin Energy upgraded more than 600 street lamps in West Campus to try and keep people safe in that area. Crews also trimmed trees around lights and added 15 street lamps. Well, today we're going to get a better look, a snapshot on the country's inflation status when the consumer price index is going to be released. Economists say the report is expected to convince policymakers to skip another rate hike. And that's because data is expected to show that while inflation remains high, it continues to go down. If you are looking for a family vacation idea, the museum in Texas that you're going to find out or see right here is going to give you a look at the history of the panhandle. And what local first responders are doing this summer to get people on to uh, get to people on the lakes quicker after two bodies were pulled from Lake Travis within the last week. Good morning, everyone. On this Tuesday, June the 13th, a live look from our camera over at Whittlesea and Granite Shoals. Thanks for waking up with us, everyone, here on KXAN News Today. It's the rolling hills, the canyons, and the flatlands of the high plains that can sometimes feel a bit isolated. But it's an area full of history, and the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum captures a little bit of everything. Our Rochelle Ham Hamilton Jr. has looked back through history in today's Destination Texas stop. The Panhandle Plains Historical Museum is a preservation marvel. The museum tells the rich history of the High Plains region. Our local history involves a global perspective. So uh, something that isn't always talked about is the influence of European countries on this region. Although the High Plains can tend to feel isolated from the rest of the world at times, much of that European influence, Dantes explains, is evident in places like the famous XIT Ranch. We know that their syndicate, a lot of the funding came from England and we have actual ranch owners that came from Scotland and Ireland and they were a big part of what formed our area. The city of Amarillo and many of its surrounding towns owes much of their existence to the railroad industry, which is highlighted in the museum's transportation exhibit. This particular piece, this big tall a mirrored backdrop was actually out of one of the depots. Although freight trains rule the rails around the High Plains today, in the early days of the region, plenty of passengers chose the rails as a way of transportation. Those are bills of lading, so they're going to be like your freight bills, things like that. Um, you're going to have, looks like there's passes and and uh, tickets that we that people would have carried that are um, over here. The museum also has plenty of other cool stuff like the Pioneer Town exhibit. And of course, the paleontology exhibit, including plenty of dinosaur fossils that were found in the High Plains region. People are fascinated by dinosaurs. I'm fascinated by dinosaurs. Um, you know, I love when you get to see a family walk in and we have a gigantic triceratops skull. And just to imagine how those 
animals were around our planet and how they lived and discoveries are still being made. Telling the story of the High Plains, one artifact at a time. Rochelle Hamilton Jr. in Canyon for Destination Texas. And the museum is open seven days a week. Tickets about 13 bucks for adults and $6 for kids. Still ahead, we're catching up with the grill master in charge of a nationwide high school barbecue contest coming right here to Central Texas. Following an attack on a woman in an Austin aquarium, why certain animal encounters could be banned in the city. Good morning, all. An absolute thriller in Stanford, Texas, and the Cardinal battling for a spot in the College World Series. We're breaking it down. Coming up. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to KXAN News Today. Happy to have you around on this Tuesday. Going to check in with Kristen for the latest look at your forecast in just the next few minutes and just how hot it's going to get today. But the competition is also getting hot, heating up with the National High School Barbecue Championship a week from today right here in Central Texas. Teams from around the country are going to be put to the test, cooking to prove who has the best barbecue. Yeah, and I got a chance to talk with the chef, Mike Erickson. <laughs> He's the organizer about who's going to be here and how you could try out some food. What is the National High School Barbecue Championship? Who's involved? How do teams qualify? Well, it started as a group of educators and it's high schools and teachers and schools from all over the state of Texas. And now we have it in Missouri and Florida and the kids are competing for scholarships and trophies and it's the top high school barbecue teams in America. And I know there's a fun backstory where this started out in Burnett years ago. How has this developed and, and, and where has it come from? Well, I was a teacher at Burnett High School and it started there and it's grown all over Texas and it's just basically kids are engaged through teachers. Tell me what you're holding. I see this is the big belt championship. Well, this is one of many trophies and championships. They're going to okay. win a 55-gallon drum smoker and scholarships and all kinds of prizes. The trophies are a little taller than us, so I oh, couldn't wow. bring it to the studio, but uh, the kids are very excited. It's, it's bragging rights for a whole year, and right now, Missouri and Texas have been mm. going back and forth. And how many teams are involved in, you mentioned they're from all over the country, what kind of variations do you get in the types of barbecue? So it varies everywhere, even in Texas. You go to West Texas versus South Texas, you know, mesquite versus how dry rubs and wet rubs, and that's a big challenge is they've got to learn to cook everywhere. And this year our kids in Texas are a little bit of a disadvantage because we're doing pork butt as our national meat, and that's something we normally do brisket in Texas. This is also a co-ed sport. There's some ladies cooking up some mean barbecue here. Oh, they're dominating. We call it food sport, but we've got the barbecue babes, we've got the barbecuties, we've got the meat mommies, and it's groups of young people. We actually have an award, the Tootsie Thomas X Snows Barbecue Award for the top all-girls team in the United States and a middle school team as well. Mike Erickson, the barbecue principal, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Tom. So the contest starts next Monday, June 19th. It's at the Texas State Technical College. This is over in Hutto. Barbecue showdown runs from 9 in the morning to 5 in the evening, and they are still looking for judges. Oh. Ooh. 
Oh. Which I know. Eye on you. you. I have tasted that barbecue from those high schoolers, and they know what they're doing. Exactly. We have to have a winner from Texas, right? Well, you do definitely have some high school teams, like local. I know, but we need to have like for the national championship. We need to have a winner from Texas. At least Texas, if not a local winner, that we get bragging rights. That's right. I'm excited for those kids. We'll keep you updated on that. Hey, let me show you what's going on with your forecast because clouds and radar not showing anything down at home. We still, still have severe storms firing out towards the Dallas. Fort Worth area. Temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s. 80 right now in Austin, 75 in Atlanta. Really everybody in 70s. But you compare those numbers to where we were yesterday, and it's just a little bit warmer here in Austin, Georgetown, Burnett, and Marble Falls. We're within the same, I would say, one to two degree range of how we started our Monday. But Tuesday is going to look and feel about the same, just less storm coverage later on this evening. We're looking at a high of about 99, but again, the feels like temperature is a bigger deal. The feels like is going to be much hotter than the 90s. In fact, we could see heat indices up to about 113 in spots today. A lot of sunshine getting us their UV index yet again at a 12, which is considered extreme. You want to make sure you've got plenty of sunscreen on, reapplying at least every two hours. So heat advisory in effect today. It's been a little bit since we've had a lot of orange on this map, but heat advisory starts at one o'clock this afternoon, continues until 8 p.m. That's our Travis, Hayes, Caldwell, Bastrop, and Fayette County areas. Again, those heat indices exceeding 110. It's going to be really tough for your body to keep itself cool if you're not hydrated, if you're not taking breaks in the AC. Do what you can. Look out for your neighbors, making sure everybody is staying safe in this brutal, oppressive heat and humidity. I I mean, it's bad today and it gets worse. Those rain chances that I mentioned, it's going to be later this evening, similar to what we had yesterday. In fact, a little too similar for being honest. A couple of isolated storms making their way through Mason, San Saba, and Lampasas County. We'll see if they hold together long enough to reach Williamson County. Not very hopeful on that, but those storms do have potential, low potential, to be strong to severe. That's that one out of five risk you see in dark green. You can see most of this is going to favor Northern County as everybody else dry. Humidity stays high over the next several days. Each afternoon, we're going to be fighting these humidity values. And considering the temperatures are climbing, this seven day continues to look rough. 99 today, isolated storm chance, not only today, but we'll continue that Wednesday, Thursday. This is literally one to two storms. That's it. Not a big rainmaker, but the heat maintaining all the way through the later part of the week and weekend. We kick off a string of 105 degrees on Friday that continues this weekend. Heat index value is likely to be close to about 110 as well. Divers with the Travis County Sheriff's Office are warning people to be careful. They have pulled two bodies from Lake Travis in the last five days. Yeah, officials say they pulled a man in his 20s out of the water just yesterday morning after he went missing near Mansfield Dam Park. It's unclear how he ended up in the water. They also told us about a man who went swimming last week near Starnes Island and did not come out of the water. He was a passenger on a party barge. Last month we explored the dangers and potential safety improvements on Lake Travis in a special program called The Wake. In it, Austin Travis County EMS told us it's trying to put some new paramedics on the water to get to patients faster. The fact that they're actually on the water and most of the time out on patrol, it increases their response times dramatically. 
They told us they're starting on Lake Austin first, and they say it's been helpful in a lot of cases already because it's a lot faster than having an ambulance drive a long distance to get to the water. If it's successful, they're hoping to expand this to Lake Travis. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, all. Texas baseball has had a very eventful Super Regional Series at Stanford. Coming back to win Game 1, down 5-2, heading into the ninth inning, almost coming back to win in Game 2. Stanford's pitcher throwing over 150 pitches, and Game 3, man, buckle up. It was quite the doozy. A night ago, winner going to Omaha. Cardinal feeling loose after the Game 2 in. Texas and Tanner Witt on the mound. How would he fare in just his sixth appearance of the season? Well, in the first strikeout to end the frame, feeling pretty good is the highly touted MLB prospect. In the second, Drew Bowser. Yeah, he gets a hold of that one, and you should remember that name. Some more foreshadowing here into what I have confirmed are pine trees, at least what someone said online. 2 nothing Stanford in the second inning. Let's go to the third. Top of the fourth, that is, actually. And Jack O'Dowd, three runners on, bring them all home with two outs. How about a bases clearing extra base hit? Mantley needed a big hit in the worst way, and he delivers. Texas is feeling it. We are all even at three. Now to the top of the six. Bases loaded, two outs. Jared Thomas punches out with Stanford up six to three. Texas searching for another big hit. Now in the top of the seven, two on, two out. Eric Kennedy goes down swinging. Stanford now just six outs away. In the eighth inning, one run closer is Texas. How about another one to make it six to five? Peyton Powell goes to the gap with an RBI double. O'Dowd comes on in to score. A one-run game, six to five. Texas trying to creep back once more. Here we go. Bottom of the eighth, Dylan Campbell. No hits in the first two games of the series to break that 38-game hit streak. Gets a huge one here. We are back even at six. What a ball game in Stanford, California. Bottom of the eighth, Lucas Gordon comes on to pitch after throwing over 100 in game one of the series. One down, fly ball to right with two runners on. Dylan Campbell, we know what we can do as a hitter. Check out this throw. Unbelievable double play to end the inning. All the momentum on the side of the visitors. The Longhorns feeling it as we go to the ninth. Texas could not score. This looked like it might end it in the ninth. Alberto Rios, a double. He thought it was gone. Takes his helmet off. Stanford celebrating. No, sir, just a double. So Texas lives to see another at-bat. And the bottom of the ninth, fly ball here. Drew Bowser, two out. Look like we're going to extra innings. Nobody sees it. It drops. And that's how it ends. Stanford celebrates. What an unbelievable finish. You can see the emotion on both sides. Stanford just elation. They're going to Omaha and some understandable sadness and even tears from the Texas side. Not how some of these careers were supposed to end. An unbelievable ball game on both sides. And looks like Texas just kind of lost that one in the lights and a not really fitting way to end an unbelievable ball game again. The Longhorn season comes to an end in Stanford. The Cardinal are on again to the College World Series. That's it for Morning Sports. We'll send it back to you. Oh, that's a heartbreaking loss. <sighs> the Denver Nuggets, though, celebrating this morning, winning their first NBA championship title. Nuggets beating at the Miami Heat 94-89 at Ball Arena in Denver. And look, they were ready to party <laughs> last night. Fans spilling out onto the streets in downtown Denver celebrating the championship. Tossing some teepees, standing on cars, climbing signs, shouting, chanting, fireworks going off there. 
Celebrations are going to continue on Thursday as thousands are expected to gather in downtown Denver for a parade and a rally. All right, for the first time, Austin will soon have a spot for the game of a bicycle polo. Bike polo <laughs> right. is essentially, yeah, what it sounds like. It's polo played with bicycles instead of horses. Uh, next month, the city will debut a bike polo court at Metz Neighborhood Park. This is in East Austin. This is a look at what that court's gonna look like. It was spearheaded by the Austin, Texas Bike Polo Social Club. That's a group that has been playing the sport locally for actually more than a decade at a makeshift court. This really was their vision and, and a lot of their work and time and effort and resources that went into it as well and that and that will go into maintaining that court and, and making it a you know, a space and a facility for everyone to use. The city is working to finalize the date for an official ribbon cutting ceremony. That's going to happen sometime next month. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 530 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.